0: Chad and Zay.
1: Oh, I like that beat. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Hour number three. Chad and Zay with you. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, not the one that missed the free throws, the one that would have hit those free throws. He's also the one that's bringing you this beat. Who is it, Zay? Robert Kraft's Homeboy. Ah. Meek Mill. Meek Mill beat. Featuring
2: Drake going bad when those two squashed the beef and made a hit song.
1: How good is Meek Mill for you?
2: Yeah, I. I know a lot of people that
1: love him. And. Is he younger? Is he on the younger side for you? Someone. No,
2: he's around my age. Okay. But he
1: yells a lot. God, that sounded like an old man. That was. (laughs) That sounds like you are getting older. He, just, he yells so much, Chad. Yeah, Chad, he yells he, a lot. He yells in the rap. And like, it's not
2: like DMX yell either. It's his uh, version. Okay. like, oh, my God, I'm like, okay, Meek, relax. You need
1: to calm down Yeah, a relax bit. Bit. a little bit. A little bit. Meek meal beat to get us started this hour. All right, let's get back into some Longhorn stuff. Talk to a man who was there when Texas had it. They had the trip to the Final Four, and then it got away from them, or Miami took it from them, or both. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline and talk to Chip Brown. We do it every Wednesday about this time. Check out Horns247.com for all the great content, the flagship podcast, the Morning Brew article, and the rest. Chip, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, fellas. How you doing?
1: Man, we're doing well. Uh, I really wish we were talking to you about a trip to Houston and a big matchup. I guess it would be, what, a big matchup with UConn uh, for Texas. It did not happen. Both the Cougars and the Longhorns ran into that Miami team and couldn't get away from it. You were there. Feeling the you know the emotion of that building at the time. Walk us through it a little bit from the thirteen point lead to obviously what Miami did after that. How uh, how did things roll out?
0: Yeah, I mean Texas was on fire um, in in that uh, early part of the second half, and I mean what they hit. God, they hit six of seven to start the second half, um, and built that thirteen point lead. I thought there was a turning point when Marcus Carr collided with uh, No Chat, Nor Chad Norchat Omir with eleven oh six left. Omir picked up his fourth foul on that play, but you know Marcus went to the locker room after that, and their offense wasn't the same after that. They their their flow, um, Carr's ability to uh, to you know drive and dish create. Um, Texas went five of sixteen shooting from that point on, and you know Timmy Allen struggled late in that game he had he had good looks. Uh, Brock Cunningham, who was three of three in the first half, had some good looks, but you know it's tied with a minute left and that's when the foul um, you know where Omir is over Brock's back, but you know Bra- Brock stumbles. Backward gets called for undercutting him. And that was the turning point because O'Meara hits the two free throws. Um, and then, uh, Texas can't answer and, and ends up fouling and Miami made all the free throws. The The second half was, it was crazy because both teams, um, went to the free throw line five times in the first half in the second half. um, it was 32 trips to the foul line, 27 of them by Miami. And I, I get it. Miami is uh, an aggressive team. They are they are an, a veteran team. They they were in the Elite Eight last year. They are hungry as hell, and they were getting more aggressive as that game went on. In Texas, was getting less aggressive. So, you know, you have to reward Miami for being the aggressive team, but man, that that foul call, you know, that would have been O'Meara's fifth foul. He'd have been out of the game for that last minute, and, um, and who knows how it ends at that point, but, um, you know, they call that foul the other way, and uh, he makes both free throws and Miami closes it out.
2: Yeah, Chip, it makes you think if O'Meara didn't have four fouls, would that have been a call? And if it wasn't Brock Cunningham, would that have been a call? We will never know. And I like that you mentioned Marcus Carr and O'Meara, that collision, because you're right, it did change when Marcus Carr had to go to the locker room. And plus, when O'Meara went out, Jim Laranega brought in another guard, so they were just five guards and taking the Horns downhill, and Horns couldn't stay in front, and that's where you saw even more fouls. But at the end of the day, I know we're going to think about this game as the Horns blowing the 13-point lead, but it doesn't really tell what the season was and how good Rodney Terry and how good this team was getting into the Elite Eight, which we haven't seen in 15 years Rodney Terry officially gets the job yesterday, Chip. What does that mean for the program and moving forward? And was it the right decision in your eyes?
0: Yeah, I, I think it absolutely was the right decision. I like the fact that uh, Rodney Terry's going to try and it sounds like bring bring that staff back. Um, not sure that everyone will be in the same role that they're in. I could I could see Chris Ogden moving off the the coaching staff back into that, you know, managing director role where he's kind of managing um, the roster and NIL and and recruiting. Um, but Bob Donawall did a great job with the offense, and um, and kudos to Rodney Terry for opening it up. I mean, T.J. Ford, I thought one of the Uh, More interesting comments I heard yesterday was from TJ saying, you know, this was fun basketball to watch in years past, you know, under Beard and under Rick Barnes. Um, you know, the ball, the offense wasn't a priority. It was all about the defense. The defense had to carry the day. Uh, this was a fun team to watch. I mean, how about that alley-oop from Marcus Carr to to Dylan Mitchell, um, to to go up 70 to 60 with 853 left you know you thought okay they still they still got some uh some swag here but um you know they were a fun team to watch and they were uh bonded in a way that um you know you just you you could see it you could feel it um you know when Dylan Dizu can't play against Xavier you're like oh jeez you know, there's Jack Nunzi, the seven footer in there who can pull you out and shoot threes. And Christian Bishop plays the game of his life. And, and they, they, they get through that game. No problem. I mean, they were up double digits the whole way up 24 at one point. Um, but I I remember looking over at Jeff Howland saying, I don't know if they can beat Miami without Dylan DeZue because of, you know, Miami's strength inside and Jordan Miller. I mean, Jordan Miller didn't miss in that game and and he ends up being, you know, the really tough matchup uh because your biggest body has to be on you know Nor Chad Omear. So uh it was it was an unbelievable run in the postseason, the the Big 12 tournament victory in Kansas City, 20 points over Kansas when 90% of the building is dressed in Jayhawk blue uh was was outstanding they they won those games without Timmy Allen and uh, so you give you give Rodney Terry a ton of credit for you know pushing all the right buttons with this team uh and and having that great season and and getting the job and you know LaMarcus Aldridge comes down uh, to be at this press conference and mm-hmm. You know, we asked him about it, and he's like, hey, man, RT was there for me when I was a player, and and I want to be there for him, and, um, you know, I need to support this program more and help bring some talent in here. You know, if if that kind of unity around the program is happening, it absolutely was the right move because I think Ronnie Terry, the one thing you don't worry about with him is recruiting, and, and so – you know, he's going to go out, he's going to go after the best guys. It's he, what he's always done. I asked him for an example of, uh, his best recruiting effort recently. And he said, well, man, Marcus Carr was a, <laughs> was a tough get, you know? I mean, everyone wanted him, Kansas, Kentucky. And, you know, we brought him in and, um, it absolutely, you know, turned out to be the, uh, a great pickup. And, um, you know, I think some of the players were undecided after the loss to Miami because they wanted to wait and see um, how things shook out with the coaching situation, and so um, I think there's a better chance of guys like you know Tyrese Hunter, Artario Morris, Dylan Mitchell coming back uh, now than if uh, Texas would have made a, a you know a different coaching change.
1: Talking with Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Chip, obviously you were there yesterday for the press conference. I wanted to get your thoughts on on CDC's comments. He didn't have to go into the detail that he did. All season long, I heard different fans. Zay said it at one point. A lot of different fans would say, I don't want, I don't want him to mess with it. I don't want him to mess with this rhythm right now. We talked to you about that along the way. Do you think CDC yesterday was just essentially saying that? Like, look, I might have deep down known this was my guy, but I couldn't mess with what was going on. I had to let it play out because he didn't want to be seen as some kind of a weird jinx if it had gone wrong after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there was – I'd heard, and and I think I told you all after the Big 12 tournament that, you know, barring Texas just falling flat in the NCAA tournament, it was going to be Rodney Terry's job. Um, and – you know Texas was going to do its due diligence because let's be honest, this is not a typical move for Texas. They typically bring in coaches who've been through the fire, you know, probably at more than one place, have proven they can build a program from scratch once or twice and and then they bring them into Texas because at Texas, you got to know who you are. You got to know what you're doing. You can't, you know, like Shaka Smart came in. Um, and suddenly could get big guys, you know, inherited, um, you know, Jared Allen, but, well, no, he brought in Jared Allen, and Jared Allen was a local kid. You know, Shaka had never had big guys, you know, seven footers. He brings in Mobamba. He doesn't know what he, you know, he's totally getting out of his own um, comfort zone, and he, in some ways he was learning on the job and it wasn't working. You know, you've got to know what you're recruiting to, how you're going to build your roster. Um, You've definitely got to be able to evaluate players, personalities, make sure it all fits. Um, But, you know, I think what we saw this year was a lot of selflessness. And man, if Rodney Terry can maintain that uh, going forward, then this program's going to be fine. And, um and i think the administration you know i don't know what cdc was saying cdc was saying about you know how you know some some of them wanted him to be the head coach like december 13th i mean it it wasn't that i can promise you it, they you know they were definitely doing their due diligence but rodney terry earned the job and and in the end thank goodness cuz some of the leading candidates that you know, likely leading candidates kind of got dented a little bit this year. You know, Tony Bennett loses to Furman, first round of the tournament. Um, Nate Oates loses the PR battle on the Brandon Miller connection to the fatal shooting. You know, Eric Musselman rips his shirt off after beating Kansas. You know, making it about him. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it just. It, there's some weird stuff going on, and Rodney absolutely emerged as the guy.
1: Yeah, that didn't feel like the Texas head coach to you, Chip, when he ripped off the shirt. I Z- mean, what was that? Z- Zay, that? was so weak. That was the moment Zay knew. That's when Zay knew it was that was not his coach.
0: Middle-aged madness. I mean. <laughs>
1: It really jump was jump up on the
0: scores table.
1: Yeah, it was the Howard Dean oh, scream. Boy. That was his Howard Dean scream moment when a lot of people realize, oh, you can't be that guy. Okay, and yeah, just kind of yeah. move on.
0: No, it's a great, that's a great call, Chad. I mean, yeah. I, I remember Glenn Big Baby Davis jumping up on the scores table after LSU beat Texas to go to the Final Four in '06. I get that. I did not get what, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I'm all about guys having high energy and stuff. But anyway,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: He's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a coach. He
1: is, no doubt.
2: Yeah. Chip, before we go, let me ask you about a football question. They had the coaches' Clinic this past Friday, and then they also had Junior Day. And with the success of the basketball team getting to the Elite Eight, that puts a little bit more pressure on Steve Sarkeesian and his football team to have a really good year in the last season in the Big 12. How are they looking with spring football or the spring game about to start in a couple of weeks?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think – you know you're you're seeing really good things in the trenches. You know the defensive line I I keep hearing is is starting to you know really become the personality of of this team, and that needs to happen because those guys are the strength of the team in my opinion. Uh, the offensive line has a lot uh, to be excited about with all the experience they have coming back, all five starters, even though. You know Cole Hudson's out for the spring uh, after the shoulder surgery. It really is about the development of Quinn Ewers, and and I'm hearing good things. You know, solid managing uh, everything well. He's not turning the ball over, and they def- they've definitely added help at the receiver position. I mean, I'm already hearing it's going to be hard to keep Jonte Cook, um, you know DeAndre Moore off the field. Um, you know. A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, uh, and we haven't even really gotten to see Isaiah Nair yet in his full capacity because they're still limiting him coming off the ACL um, injury from last year. So uh, the running back position, exciting. You know, Jonathan Brooks can't, you know, he's not full go in contact yet, but Jaden Blue and and uh, C.J. Baxter are getting um Praise from the sources I'm talking to. Uh, that that position will have to show it under the lights, and and that we won't have a true answer there until fall camp. But the the good news is that the coaches are excited about what they're seeing from guys like Jaden Blue and and um, you know CJ Baxter and even Savion Red. He's you know a little inconsistent, but man, he's got. He's got tools to be an impact guy. I don't know if it's this season or if it's 24, but it it sure seems like Savion Red, who's got a little bit of that Debo um, combination to him, um, could be an impact guy here down the road.
1: And if you don't have it on your calendar, we know you have it on your calendar. We're 17 days from the spring game and only 157 days away from that first Texas football game. That is Chip Brown. We talk to him every Wednesday about this time. Get on Horns247.com today. They got all kinds of great stuff for you, including that flagship podcast that Chip's a part of. Obviously, the Longhorn Blitz podcast that Jeff Howe is a part of. We'll bring that to you tonight at 8 following the Wednesday Night Flex Show. And always check out the Morning Brew article. Chip, getting you the very latest each and every morning at horns 247com Chip we always appreciate it. Uh now are you going to Houston anyway? You don't have to go, but are you gonna go and watch the final four anyway?
0: No. Okay. Um you know uh I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching it at home just like everybody else, but what a what a run. What a fun what a fun run this postseason has been. So thanks to to Rodney, Terry and that team for, for giving us all something to to get excited about and and follow
1: no doubt now you got to see miami up close but i think the question now in the final four is does anybody beat yukon
0: so what do you think well that's the final that's the final right i mean in my mind it's miami yukon that's the final because those teams are both just so they're confident man they're playing with so much confidence and um i love the i love the storyline don't get me wrong i love the san diego state florida atlantic storyline and you know, Rodney Terry was talking about how tough it is that he wasn't enjoying his time as much at Fresno and UTEP because, you know, he'd get players, he'd develop them, and then they'd transfer. And and so, you know, he was saying, man, kudos to San Diego State and Florida Atlantic for being able to hang on to their, to their players and uh, develop that kind of chemistry and mojo. So, uh, but... Man, UConn-Miami, that's that's grown man basketball right there.
1: Yep, no doubt. All right, Chip, we appreciate it, man. Have a great week.
0: Okay. Thanks, guys. Good Thanks, stuff Chip.
1: There again, Chip Brown, Horns247.com, at Chip Brown 247 on Twitter. Up next, why today matters. It's real easy for us on March 29th and around these parts. It's Earl Campbell's birthday. We'll talk running backs next on The Horn. How it. say that pretty mother?
2: Hollows when I'm repping, tell my we go make it a set
1: never disrespected. It's always tough to get those rhyme schemes when you have to take certain words out. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. man, um, it sounds like Kendrick to me. What a little bit, no. I I mean, we all have different ears. I'm not good at identifying Kendrick It sounds like Kendrick
2: to you, really?
1: A little bit. Obviously, I need to listen to more Kendrick. Yeah, do. Who is it? Rihanna's baby daddy. Rihanna's baby daddy. Hang on. Uh, Rihanna is. um, (laughs) uh, No, no, I can't get Cardi B out of my head, and she's with Offset. Oh, wow. So, um, uh, Rihanna is with, I don't know. ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. No, yeah, that's a shame. That's no, terrible. Yeah, yeah obviously, I've not heard. A, I haven't heard any ASAP Rocky, and clearly, I need to listen to more Kendrick Lamar. All
2: yeah, right. ASAP Rocky. I mean, the only thing those two have in common were they came out during the blog era, like oh. around 2010 to 2011.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. but <laughs> No. This was
2: ASAP Rocky's first big hit. Okay. It was either this one or. Everything is purple. I don't know what that song's called, but yeah, ASAP Rocky came out with the ASAP crew. Everybody's name is ASAP something. Probably the next biggest ASAP person is ASAP Ferg. ASAP Ferg has a really good career. Oh, so
1: there's a whole group of people. Yeah, like
2: ASAP A$AP. Like 12E and a whole bunch of ASAP guys. All
1: right, pardon me for doing the white guy breakdown, but uh, is this a reference to as soon as possible, like the acronym? I don't acronym? know.
2: I don't know. They're from Harlem.
1: Hey, get it to me ASAP? Maybe. Right? Let's do this ASAP. Is that what it means? Like <laughs> I don't. Like I, w- I
2: want to say no, but no? Okay, I have been wrong before about these there things. There you go.
1: Again, I'm sorry for making it way less cool than it needs to be, but I uh, just to have to ask these questions. That's the way my brain works. ASAP Rocky joining Linda Ronstadt, Marshall Crenshaw, the, uh, Leonard Skinnerd, and... Gary Moore on right. the show today. And the Meek Meal
2: beat was nice to start the hour. So, somebody on the specs text line says it stands for Always Strive and Prosper.
1: Ah, okay. Deep. So they took it and then changed it up. Yeah. Okay, fair
2: enough. Yeah. Rihanna ain't going to be with no dummy. No, I couldn't. She, she ain't going to waste imagine. the time. No, that's got
1: to be an interesting relationship. Yeah. Maybe you got number two on the way. I bet you got to work to keep her interested. She just feels like somebody that's got to. You can't be boring. To no. Be with Rihanna. No. You gotta have a lot going on. Yeah, it's not
2: like Rocky's out there. He has a little bit of Harry Styles in him. Okay. Just a little bit. All right. Just enough to enough to enough to keep, keep Rihanna it. interested. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: All right, uh, let's go. Why today matters? There is a legendary football birthday today that has our attention. Here we go.
0: Why Today Matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists, 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com.
1: Yes, indeed. Happy birthday to the great Earl Campbell. Uh, His birthday today and it gives us another opportunity to remind you about the Barbecue and Boots event. You've heard Tyler Campbell talking about it, raising money for the fight against uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, Tyler's a great job of that over the years earl's a part of it pro football hall of famers are a part of that event go to proplayerfoundation.org see if they've got uh, some seats available for you it's an incredible event every year and it comes up this saturday so because of earl's birthday we were asking about your mount rushmore of running backs and zay i decided in the end i was going to take two things into account i'll do guys i saw and then I will try to take my cowboy and Buck fan bias out of it. That's what I'm gonna try to do. Okay, just four guys.
2: I know that's hard for you. Hard so. to do. It's hard yeah. to do
1: because then you know there's a Tony Dorsett, Emmett Smith, Ricky Bell, Warwick Dunn, Mike Allstott. There's all kinds of things that would get mentioned. But let's just Damn, break it. Warwick Dunn. Let's wow. break it. Let's break it down. Yeah, War, I love Warwick. He doesn't belong on a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, right over him. So I'm gonna say all time that these eyes have seen. I'm gonna go Earl Campbell. I'm going to go no particular order because it's a Rushmore. I'll go Earl Campbell. It's his birthday. I'll go Walter Payton because I may have never seen a better all-around back than him. I am going to go Barry Sanders for all you Barry Sanders fans because I saw it too. I saw it at Oklahoma State, and I saw him in the pros. He's absolutely unbelievable. And then I'm going to go with a guy that when I think about badass running backs that I've watched, there's an image of him that always pops up. He was different than all the rest, and he is the guy that I watched go over – 2000 yards and ultimately setting the record that's still there. I'm gonna go Eric Dickerson. Yo, the man was a badass. Goggles the way way he carried himself, the way he looked, the way he ran, the smooth, that weird, smooth, straight up. Straight up. Like, how do you
2: run like that?
1: John Robinson and being tall, being that tall. John Robinson bitched at him in uh, in in, with the Rams. He bitched at him for running slow in practice. Started to get on him about it. And one of the other coaches kind of pulls him off the side. He's like, uh, Coach, he's busting guys up. What are you talking about? He's breaking tackles. He's not getting dragged down. But he, he by the way Eric ran, he just thought he was loafing for some reason. Why? Because the style looked so weird because Eric made it look simple. Yeah. He just take kind of two – it was almost like Vince's strides, two steps, and it felt like he was going 15 yards. So I'll put Eric – today I'll put Eric Dickerson on a Mount Rushmore because that dude's a badass. And he does have that all-time record. So I got a little bit of clout there if he's got the all time season record and he did it in the sixteen game run, I think. Before. Damn. That was in the sixteen game run and he went yeah. over twenty one hundred yards. I still think that's the record. Yo. I don't think anybody's caught him. Yo, he
2: was the man and he took no money from SMU. None whatsoever. <laughs> no. He was the absolute man coming out of season. And Texas. no cars
1: from A and M. Yeah, either. no cars, no, no nothing. That didn't he happen. was a
2: saint. Um right, for you Misha, got you ready? yeah, I think it stayed the same. Right. Emmett Smith. Mm-hmm. Barry Sanders. Yep. Um Damian Tomlinson. Yeah. And then the tie, Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes.
1: Ricky and Priest. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, a little bias there. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. A little longhorn bias. If I wasn't going
2: longhorn bias, I would probably throw Marshall Falk in there.
1: Oh, Marshall was such a great all around guy. Great all around guy. So much talent. Love Marshall. Team, I've mentioned him before. One of my favorite running backs that could do it all was Roger Craig. I wouldn't put him at Mount Rushmore status, but, man, he was, like, torturously fun to watch for me because I was a Cowboys fan. So yeah. I, I didn't like watching that production on some level, but he was an absolute badass. And Marshall – kind of picked that part of it up when I saw Marshall Faulk play it kind of reminded me of the Roger Craig when he could go like oh my god this guy may go a thousand and a thousand if they if they do it the right way right he might this guy could end up with a hundred touchdowns rushing and receiving if they if they threw him the ball enough I mean, he was amazing some of the numbers he put up with the Rams was dumb yeah uh, happy birthday to Earl Campbell. I know there's a lot of folks around here that remember Earl, uh, whether it's a football story at Texas, whether he was in the pros and you have a story, or it's one of those great stories of just Earl being Earl, Earl being a great guy. A Somebody legend.
2: said Terrell Davis on the Specs text line, if
1: Mike Shanahan didn't run him to the ground. Oh, dude, Terrell Davis in his prime. And dealing with those hor- horrific migraines that he dealt with, yeah. but he was a badass. He's easily the reason Elway's got rings, and ring and Elway would tell you that. Yeah, without him, no rings for Elway, at all. He's Elway's Pippin, is what he is. <laughs> He's the key to it. I
2: like that. He yeah. had he
1: had to do it. Now so we haven't mentioned him yet. Somebody put Bo Jackson up there. Uh, <sighs> somebody texted me, no Emmett. Look, I love Emmett. Again, I'm trying to keep the cowboy bias out of it. Trying to keep the Cowboy – if you say my favorite running backs of all time, just my situation, Emmitt's going to be in there. No doubt about it. But I'll try to put all that to the side to try to just say, okay, you know, uh, taking all that out, figuring it out. Bo Jackson is one of the best running backs I've ever seen. That's a discussion too. Do you put him on a Mount Rushmore? I'll still say if he stays healthy, he ends up in both Hall of Fames. I really believe that. I believe he goes to Canton and Cooperstown if he doesn't have that hip injury. And if he wanted to do it and stay focused on both, I think he's Hall of Fame in both. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy take, but I can't argue it. Because he was, so, he, I mean, just such a badass. Dion wasn't going to qu- be quite that good in baseball. No. But Bo was. I think Bo was that next level up. Even from where Dion was at both sports, I think he was going to be Hall of Fame elite if he could have... Possibly stayed healthy.
2: If you talk about players using the video game, Tecmo Bowl, Bo Jackson—that's
1: what I always heard. Rushmore, impossible to beat, right? Not even close. They had it. They had him set at like ninety-nine point nine at all times. Such a joke. (laughs) Outran everybody. That is so great. That is so great. Somebody says Barry, OJ, Dickerson, and Walter. That's from Kevin over there at Whitestone Brewery. Shout out to you, Kevin. What's up? Hope everything's going well over at the Whitestone Brewery. I need to get out there and have a uh, have a sip or two. That's uh, a good group. Barry, OJ, Dickerson, Walter Payton. You think of those guys in their prime doing it the way only they could do it. Whew, that's tough to beat.
2: I appreciate y'all throwing OJ out there.
1: Well, you told him to just make, I appreciate to be realistic. got to yeah. be realistic. Somebody throws Adrian Peterson in the discussion. Ooh, Adrian Peterson in his prime. Is he Mount Rushmore-ish? Yeah. Because he was damn good he was really good that guy was different. He had that little to to give Earl a, a, a nod on his birthday. The beauty of Earl Campbell and then the beauty of Ricky Williams to me was it's the speed power combo. It's both they could they could truck you and then you'd never going to catch him and then the guy behind you that's jumping over you will not catch him right that combo Adrian Peterson was that level badass. the anger that he ran w- with which he ran was silly when he was healthy and just that that drive he had he ran he ran like there were family members being held in the end zone and right. he had to get there to help them like that's how he ran the ball yeah it was I mean, impressive.
2: We knew he was angry all
1: the time. Just has his son. Yeah, I'm sorry to bring up the family member because you'd mm-hmm. go right to that joke. I wasn't trying to do that to a fellow Texan. You
2: said he ran angry. He was I... always
1: angry. Oh, man. Of course he ran that way. Dude, that's one of those guys, man, to just – I don't know how – once he gets going, I'm not sure how to stop him. I'm not sure how to get that dude on the ground. Uh, running backs to the discussion today because it is Earl Campbell's birthday. Also today, happy birthday to the legendary hottie, L. McPherson, who hits 59 today. So L will hit 60 next year. We've had a lot of world-class yeah. hotties hitting 60 lately. She's almost there, 59 years old for Elle McPherson. I'm yo, sure she still
2: looks awesome. Yo, she was a legend – no, I'm thinking of Cindy Crawford, but McPherson, she was more just like, what? Did she
1: ever do Playboy? I don't believe she did Playboy. She was Sports Illustrated. Swimsuit. She was Sports Illustrated. She was a swimsuit okay. model, legendary. But she never did like
2: TV stuff like Cindy Crawford. Like She was never doing like MTV and interviewing people and had her own show.
1: No, she had the little bit part in, in Friends, hanging out a little bit and did some acting stuff, but nothing. nothing Who dated energy? her
2: in Friends? Which one?
1: Joey. She lived with Joey? Joey. You don't remember that? Would she lived with Joan? When when Ch- Chandler moved out to be with Monica, she moved in for a little while. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Oh, that was a great idea. That was good stuff. She And she was so L McPherson at that point. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. You're talking about L in the 90s? Good grief. Happy birthday to El McPherson. Also, since I was raised on Monty Python, I got to tell you, Eric Idle is 80 today. He's my favorite Monty Python guy. And the fact that he's 80 makes me feel real old. So Eric Idle and Jerry Jones are the same age, just to give you a good comparison there, if you know those two guys. All right, there's March 29th. Happy birthday to Earl Campbell again. That is why Today Matters to us up next stems and seeds for you before we get out of here including we talk, we're just talking about football and are you a hall of fame level how about the basketball hall of fame list we'll talk about that on the way out huge names and if you're a spurs fan you get multiple reasons to be happy this is the horn
0: it's time for the craigway sports report now here's craigway comes into play all right, stop. Now before you walk in the door to the store and try to get money out the drawer, you better think of the consequence. Chad and say
2: Conscience. That's nonsense. Go in, gap for the money, and run to one of your aunt's cribs. And borrow a damn dress, the one of a blonde wig. Telling you need a place to stay.
0: You'll be safe for days if you shave your legs with Renee's razor blades.
1: Yeah, but if it all goes I appreciate it, Zay. I had a I had a bit of a bad moment, and you thought, "Let's come back, let's give him a nice easy one down the middle, see if we can get him back into some confidence."
2: Yep, nice, Jason Kidd alley
1: oop. Right on the money. You're treating me like, uh, what's my man that went to AM and m that uh, Chris Paul was lobbing all that stuff to? De'Andre, what's his De'Andre name? Jordan. De'Andre Jordan. Yeah. You're treating me like De'Andre Jordan <laughs> with the Clippers. Uh, a little Dre and Eminem. That's right. For the people. Okay. What's Guilty th- conscience. I'm not sure I've heard this one. Really? Oh, it's a classic. Is this off a Dre record? No, this or- is M's first album, Slim Shady. Oh, LP. Wow, then I haven't listened to it in a while. I know I've heard this album, but I'm not not familiar with the song. Yeah, very inappropriate song. Oh, I love when these two get together and get inappropriate. Yeah. That's my favorite version. I don't want to hear appropriate Dre and Eminem. I don't even know what that sounds like. Dre and Eminem, uh, ASAP Rocky was on the show earlier, Linda Ronstadt from back in the day covering the Stones, which was cool, Marshall Crenshaw, Leonard Skinner, Gary Moore, all a part of it. The Meek Meal beat to start the hour. Meek Meal does factor into sports right now because apparently he is not Lamar Jackson's agent but apparently uh, was a spokesperson and translated to Robert Kraft that Lamar might be interested in being a Patriot because right now Lamar's just interested in being something not a Raven so apparently Meek Mill did tell Robert Kraft that Kraft told the media that it happened but says it's Bill's decision obviously talking about Bill Belichick so we will see Zay if you were a Patriots fan would you want Bill Belichick to make that kind of move and that kind of commitment and say, let's go Lamar Jackson for the last part of my career? Um, No. Those two tight ends, you know you're going to have a great defense because you're the Patriots. You don't want to go that far? Mm, no. Okay. Found the Patriots.
2: What Lamar Jackson's asking. We know the Patriots. They ain't no. Nah. Yeah, they
1: don't throw that money around. Yeah, so and they're game.
2: still banking on this Mac Jones rookie deal. He's in year
1: three. So. True. So they haven't had to spend the money yet. Yeah, they ain't trying to spend that money. That's a fair point. All right, uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday. Let's round it out with a little Basketball Hall of Fame talk and a game that we hope includes a former Longhorn tonight, but right now we just never know. Here we go.
0: No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks.
1: Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Congrats to the Basketball Hall of Famers. Say hey, we got all kinds of Texas feel all over it, but specifically if you're a Spurs fan, Greg Popovich, Hall of Famer officially. They'll officially announce this on Saturday, and the enshrinement is in August. Tony Parker is a Hall of Famer. No shock there. And Becky Hammond gets in. Obviously, a WNBA legend, but then Spurs fans know her as the assistant coach, and now she's gone on to Vegas and already won a title. Those three are in the Hall of Fame, along with Dwayne Wade, Pal Gasol, and oh, looky there, old number 41, Dirk Nowitzki, Hall of Famer.
2: Yo, what a
1: class. I know.
2: What a class. Love D Wade, had a hell of a career. No Mavs fans are still salty about 06. I get it. Dirk, I mean, changed the way we look at big men. And their ability to shoot. Change the way we look at Europeans because we all thought Europeans, they're soft. Look at Dirk. Well, 2011 on that ass. Yeah. These Europeans. They're tough. It just depends on who you get. And Dirk showed everybody he was tough. Pal Gasol, European guy, won his rings with Kobe. I hate when people say, oh,
1: Kobe did it without Shaq because Pal Gasol was so good. I loved watching him. He's one of my favorite passing big men that nobody talks about. He was incredible
2: during his tenure with the Lakers. Yeah. Like he behind the back passes, oh. like you said, he would push the ball up the court, throw no lookers, and he was seven foot. But he was able to play center and power forward because he was so agile and so athletic. Yeah. So, yeah, Tony Parker, one of the best finishers I've ever seen at the point guard spot. Oh, the little ever. teardrop. Oh, the spin move.
1: Oh, dude, I the see. The
2: spin move to the layup, the teardrop, the
1: crossovers. As a Mavs fan, there's still some of his teardrops that I see in my nightmares. God, he used to destroy everybody with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total you're right, it's a hell of a class. The only class recently I can think of, didn't Duncan and Kobe go in together?
2: Tim Duncan, Kobe, and Kevin Garnett went in
1: together. And Garnett, and wasn't was that after Kobe died? Yeah, that was when Kobe passed. I wanna say I was That's like the only thing that made that weird. Yeah. Right. Because they got there and the guys were crying and stuff about Kobe. But that class was silly good. This one does have a a comparison to it when you put uh, Wade and Dirk and Parker and then you add in uh, Gasol and then, of course, Pop and Becky Hammond getting in as well. Incredible stuff. Congrats to all the Hall of Famers. Tonight, Dallas at Philly is the opener in the NBA at 6.30 on ESPN. And then Minnesota at Phoenix, 9 o'clock. Kevin Durant, let's get through the warm-ups. Let's get through the warm-ups. We're going to see Kevin Durant and Devin Booker together tonight, Zay? Hopefully. two, Two weeks to the playoffs, Chad. They've played three games together, and it's historic how productive they were in those three games. One of the best, highest productions we've ever seen in a first three games with a couple of stars. Can they keep it going tonight? Let's hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Can we get him through the layup line? Just get him through that part. I think we'll be all right. Ball Don't Lie coming up. We got Wednesday night flex and the Wednesday night stuff. Longhorn Blitz podcast at 8, fight night at 9, sports guys talking wrestling at 10. We'll be back for a Thursday show tomorrow. See ya!